everyone, and welcome back to Industrial Theory. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, CEO of Stone Age. Man, it's been a hot minute. We took a little bit of time off as we've been focusing on other marketing endeavors, lots of fun stuff about to come out with the Sentinel, uh, but we're back now. And so you can expect to see a new podcast episode coming out every month. So really excited about that. And we are kicking off this series with a super fun interview with Jerry Carter, who is the vice president of sales and marketing with Spearstar USA. Jerry has an incredible story. He's been with Spearstar for over 20 years. He started as an assembly technician and grew into sales and now uh, is really responsible for everything that they do that's customer facing and, and consumer related. So uh, really quite an amazing journey. And he shares uh, Spearstar's philosophy on growing from within, promoting from within, customer service, innovation, uh, so many great things that this company does. So hang tight and I'll be right back with Jerry. All right, everyone, I am back with Jerry Carter from Spearstar. I told you all about him in the pre-show. Very excited to have you on Industrial Theory today. Jerry, thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Looking forward to it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. So you've been at Spearstar for over 20 years. What's been the most interesting aspect of your journey? Oh, I would have to say really just the overall growth of our company, just from, from those early stages of, of where we started and where we are today. And just the expansion of markets, the expansion of our product line has been significant in, in those years. And then also certainly just the over seeing the overall growth of, of the people, including myself that, you know, many of us have been here since those early days. And uh, of course, like, like any organization, we've had a lot of challenges, a lot of success over all those years. So have certainly learned and, and grown a lot through that. Yeah. So maybe tell us a little bit about that, right? You started in on the production line, if I remember correctly, and, and now you've, uh, you've really grown with the company to, to head up sales. So tell us about what you were hired to do. Yep, I did. So I, I started, uh, I started in production at that time. There was, I want to say four of us maybe in, in the production group. Uh, so really started at the very, very basics of, you know, pulling hose, assembling hose, testing hose, and really just worked up from there, which, you know, I, as a matter of fact, I just had a, a talk with one of our production guys yesterday along those same lines of, you know, it, it, it's a good testament to, to our guys to see that there's somewhere to go, uh, you know, that, that it can be done and just, just a commitment, commitment to, to the, to the job and to the company and, and uh, we, ha we have a history of doing that from promoting within. So I think that's a, a great, great thing. And again, a, a, a great testament to our employees to give them something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's part of what makes Spearstar such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it is. Uh, I mean, that that really has from day one has always been our objective when, when we have those opportunities to, to hire, or we, we always look to promote from within, uh, it's just over the years, it's been a recipe for success over and over and over. We hope that, 
you know that that it continues that way and i think i think it will i think you show you show people that that you invested in them and 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 show gratitude to them for being invested in in the companies and and it and it just has a tendency to work out for the better so tell us a little bit about your role now what what exactly do you do at spearstar so I'm the vice president of sales. So I oversee uh, all aspects of the sales, of marketing, uh, all all commercial aspects of the business for for Spearstar USA uh, or Spearstar Ltd. We call it, or you'll you'll commonly see it referred to uh, here in the states. Like anything that's grown over the years as well, right? Uh, thankfully, thankfully we have been able to grow grow our sales staff, grow our, our marketing uh, activity and staff as well. So yeah, I'm sure it's uh, a full-time job keeping you busy. It is absolutely, but, yeah. but enjoyable. It's fun. It really is. It's definitely challenging and uh, can, you know, with, with the travel and obviously with the, just the overall management of things here at the office and through, through our distribution network, so on and so forth. But, but it's definitely rewarding. It's, it's fun. It's been a really fun ride and continues to be so. I truly, uh, truly look forward to, to, to coming here every day. And that, that's the absolute truth. So yeah. that's, that's really all you can ask for, in my opinion. I totally agree. Uh, loving what you do makes it feel like not work, at least not all the time. Sometimes it still feels like work. Yeah, but... that's right. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Sometimes I would rather stay home, to be honest. <laughs> totally, but, totally, yeah. totally, totally, totally. But I get your point. Overall, it's good. Oh, that's funny. Um, so you alluded to Spearstar USA uh, when your headquarters and manufacturing plant are in Germany, correct? So can you maybe tell our listeners how that works? Like, you know, how Spearstar USA is structured and how you work with the parent company in Germany? Sure. Uh, our location here in, in Houston, which is responsible for North and South America. So we we bring in bulk product from our manufacturing facility, which is Spearstar Germany. Uh, those products are brought in in bulk, hose and fitting, so on and so forth. And then we're obviously building assemblies for, for our region, for the North and South America. So we have those same setups and in other parts of the world, in in Singapore, in uh, France as well. Uh, so, really, it's it's a very very close working relationship uh, where a, a lot of forecasting, a lot of lot of communication back and forth uh, between ourselves and Spearstar Germany. Uh, that's a certainly a weekly thing, if not a daily thing, in in a lot of cases. Uh, but we're we're constantly communicating to, to schedule shipments, to schedule production more than anything, uh, so that obviously we can have inventory to, to service uh, North and South America. Yeah. I've uh, toured the factory there a couple of times. Uh, and I'm always, uh, it's always fascinating to see how hose is made. And I think a lot of people think, well, it's just hose, but there's a lot of innovation that goes into designing, manufacturing, and, and ultimately, you know, assembling hoses. So, you know, what do you think makes um, hose manufacturing innovative? And what are some new things that Spearstar is doing? The, the innovation from the manufacturing standpoint uh, it certainly relates to 
to materials and, and really just to, to pushing boundaries of, of, of what, what can be done with, with a base hose product, obviously. I mean, of course, hose has been around for years, and uh, but it's really just like in those early days of, all right, well, how do we get to 10,000 PSI successfully and, and efficiently, uh, you know, those boundaries continue to be pushed and, and that the innovation in that really comes from material experimentation. Uh, so, so plastics for the core, uh, different, different grades, different tensiles of wire, uh, and really just, uh, just seeing how to effectively and efficiently increase working pressures, how to, increase bend radiuses, how to reduce weight. That's an ongoing process daily. We're experimenting, we're R&Ding a lot of different ideas, a lot of different materials, uh, just ongoing and ongoing. But of course, you know, that that's exactly why we've, we've gotten where we are is because we have always just pushed and pushed and you know, some, sometimes we certainly get to a point where we say, okay, that idea is scrapped. Just we can't we can't do it right. Uh, so we move on to the next and we've greatly, greatly expanded the product line throughout all these years doing just that. Yeah, I, I agree. I experience you as a very innovative company uh, years ago when we came out with the 40K um, 13 mil Banshee. People said, what are you going to do with that? You know, no one's going to make hose. Uh, that's going to have a fitting that's going to work with that. And, and we came to you and you said, you know, we went to Spearstar in Germany and said, Hey, how can we work with this? Uh, and you know, is there anything that we can, can, can do? And the answer was like, well, let's see what we can figure out. And you all were the first to come out with that particular hose that would work with the BN13 um, at 40K. And it was such a game changer for the industry, you know, the two different products coming together. So that's something I really have appreciated about Beer Star is that you can always throw any idea uh, at you and yeah. you consider it and you try and you're honest if you say, oh, that's not going to work, but you don't give up and say it can't be done. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and again, that's, you know, some of those parallels we talked about earlier with Stoney's that that really is a, a perfect example of that is, is our engineering group in Germany is, is almost always willing to try something, you know, it's just the engineer in them. It's the, you know, it's the, that, that just that engineer spirit, I'll say, right. That, yeah, we'll try it. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. And, you know, and that's, that's something, you know, I think people would find interesting if they, if they saw behind the scenes of, you know, for every hose product or every new hose type that, you know, that we come out with or that we have developed, there's probably three or four that get scrapped because we don't feel like we can do it effectively or it's just simply not going to work long term. So that that's something that people would probably find interesting if, if they were to really see behind the scenes of just the constant ongoing experimentation in that regard. Yeah, I uh, I really value that. Uh, that's something that we do similar at Stone Age is we're always pushing ourselves to, you know, to think about new things. I, I always tell my team, we never want to be the experts, even though we've been doing this for such a long time. We never want to be the yeah, experts because if we're the right. experts, 
and we stop yeah. learning. We, you know, just because one engineer tried something and it didn't work doesn't mean that somebody else isn't going to come in with a new way of looking at it and solve a problem that we didn't think that we could solve. And so uh, I, I totally agree. You know, it's okay to fail. In fact, if you're innovating, you should be failing. You should be experimenting yeah. and really pushing yourself to, to develop the new products of the future. And if you don't, then boy, it's a fast way to kill a company. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly, I was just about to say that. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's absolutely right. I like that. We don't want to be the experts. I may have to use that one. Yeah. 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 People kind of look at me like we don't I'm like, no, we don't. Even <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't. Yeah. No, it'll always come back to bite you. Just when you think you're sure, you know, something all of a sudden you don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That is, that is right. That's true. So I think another uh, fun parallel between our two companies is the commitment to delivering customer excellence service. And I know that's something that you're known for and it's something that you've you know, put a lot of time in um, in really developing and, and, and turning into something that you're known for. So, you know, tell us about your your customer service philosophy at Spearstar. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Thank you for recognizing that because that really is something that we, we take great, great pride in. Uh, yeah, really, I, I would say that, that our biggest focus in that regard is starts inside these walls, right? And that's, and that's retaining employees. So long, just long-term retention of, of good employees. And that, thankfully, that's something we, we've been able to do well over the years. Uh, we've got several several of our employees with 10 plus 15 years uh, so and so on so to me that's where it starts uh and and you know what i what i internally here will, will reference as you know we, we just want a, a culture of customer service uh and really get really get our employees to buy into you know the 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 adage that the customers while we're here that, that's to me that's about as simply as you can put it no customers no need for us so you know let's let's take care of them let's let's make it easy for them to to come back to us so that's something that uh, our salespeople are really good at uh just keeping things simple just making making it making it easy to work with us. That's something that we really, really stress uh, from as simple as part numbers to when you call, you talk, you speak with someone, quick responses, so on, so on, so on. But those little things matter. And I, I think that's, that's something that we've done really well. And we've, we've continued that culture for 26 years now we've it really started that way and it's if anything it's gotten better over all these years it, it hasn't hasn't deteriorated so that that's the goal that's certainly what we intend to continue for many years to come yeah yeah i know my team loves working with you all so it's a great partnership as well and i think because you you share that similar mindset of hey we're going to make it right we're going to be honest we're going to tell you what we can do we're going to tell you what we can't do and and I know that 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 my team certainly appreciates that transparency. So as one of your customers, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about hose care. So you've written a couple, uh, a few articles in Big Magazine, um, and I really love the article that you uh, discuss what most people get wrong about hose failure. So for people who haven't read that article, 
what is it? What is it that people get wrong um, about the assumptions they make around host failure? I would say certainly one of the top assumptions that people make or that generally generally hose failures occur due to hose fatigue. Uh, and that's, that's just simply not the case. Certainly in this industry, uh, that's, that's, that's just simply not the case. The majority of hose failures will come from damage from external damage. Uh, you know, the hose itself has by, by the time it's seen in the field and by the time it's being used by, by someone, it's been through a lot of testing, cycle testing, burst testing. Uh, so, you know, to say that it can happen, of course it can. It is extremely rare that a hose will fail due to fatigue or, or any type of a defect. Uh, it, it's by far the majority of the time it's going to be from external damage. There are simple things that to look at just from visual inspection standpoint that really can help prevent those. You, you, can't eliminate them all. It would be impossible to do that, but you can certainly prevent several, several hose failures just simply from, from visual inspection and being willing to, to pull those hoses from service when you see things that, you know, that, that fall into a category of, yeah, probably shouldn't use this, such as kinks, such as damaged fittings, corroded fittings, exposed wire, so on and so forth. But, but yeah, really that, that's Certainly one of the, the top incorrect assumptions on hose failure is that when a hose fails, it, it's because it it's just used beyond its life. And that's that's rarely the case. Not it, It's highly, highly uncommon that, you, that that's the case. Yeah, sure. It's what happens on the outside of the hoses is getting drug around, tossed in the back of trucks, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, left yeah. out, not cleaned, cared for properly. That is going to damage damage it far beyond just high pressure water running through it. Yeah, correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I definitely see the damage that that can be done to, you know, solid hunks of stainless steel. So I can only yeah. imagine yeah. I was like, yeah, no, how did that even though. happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we still ask ourselves that sometimes when we see some of these these hose assemblies come back for for evaluations or recertifications. We say that how did that how did they even do that? But, but it does happen, and that's obviously part of it on our side too. Over the years, as we have tried to, with it within the best of our ability you know, develop in fittings, develop hose outer covers that are more durable and yeah. uh, all, all those things to, to try and, of course, keep that hose in the field safely as long as possible. But at the end of the day, it's important for people to remember that it's, it's hose, it's plastic and, and metal, right? So it's not going to last forever. In a lot of ways, it, it has to be considered a consumable. But if you if you take care of them, if you follow some of those simple steps, which I mean, we provide with with our shipments that's on our website, there's a, a visual inspection checklist, a do's and don'ts is what it's technically called uh, on the document. But really just those simple steps can safely keep the hose in service longer. But again, it's also important to remember that it is hose and it's the reality is it's a brutal application in several several cases that that it's being used in so 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's just no point in taking the risk, right? Take it out yeah, of the surface no. because um, it is a common failure point if there is damage to the hose. And why would you want to take that risk? So yeah. just get a new hose. <laughs> Yes, please. Please do. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I think Sphere Star, obviously, in our industry, you're known for hoses, but you also make valves. So, what do you want people to know about this side of your business? Yeah, we do. So, we have, uh, you know, of course, hoses has been and continues to be our core product. Uh, but along with that, we, we do offer a, a full line of valves, adapters, quick disconnects. What, what I would like people to know about that would be that, you know, with absolute certainty, those, that same mentality, that same attention to detail that, that goes into the hose certainly goes into those products as well. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I think a lot of people don't know that about you all. Uh, all right, let's talk about the future of the industry. What are you most excited about? Oh, well, I would, I would have to say probably just the ongoing innovation of, of, of the industry. I mean, it's extremely impressive when I look back where, you know, when I started in, in this industry, in this business, how things were being done in the field and, and today, how I mean, it's absolute night and day. Uh, and I, I think, honestly, we're not even close to being done yet. You know, uh, I mean, of course, Stone Age is a huge, huge factor in that. Uh, but I think there's some really, really bright people, you know, working on on those products to be safer, more effective, more efficient. And uh, again, I don't I think we're we're just scratching the surface of, of where, where it'll go and and really, really keeping people safer, which, you know, is by far the most important part, you know, in, in my opinion. And, and I would say in most people's opinion in, in the industry. Uh, so yeah, that, that's really, to me is, is the most exciting part of looking forward to the future in this industry is just seeing what, what gets done, uh, to, to add on to, to the innovation that we've already seen, which has been tremendous. Yeah, I've been, I haven't been in the industry as long as you have, but almost I'm coming up on 15 years and I agree it's, it's stunning, especially just the last couple of years, what's happened. And, and, you know, not only uh, is it about, you know, keeping people safer, but I do think that a lot of it's going to help solve the labor issue that our industry is facing. I mean, obviously there's labor issues going on in all sorts of, um, of, of industries across the country, across the world that have nothing to do with us, but yeah, we've got to figure out how to do this work more efficiently so that we can do it with fewer people if we're not going to have as many people coming into this industry yeah. as a lot of the so-called old timers are are moving on and, and getting ready for retirement or have retired. And I've certainly seen a lot of them, uh, especially in these last few years. And so I think it's going to be a major problem that the industry is going to have to face. And, and quite frankly, it's going to be technology that, that's got to solve it. So yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just gonna I be think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, lot, these next five years, I think are going to be are going to be pretty exciting. Lots of challenges that come. It's certainly not easy to build equipment uh, that is, you know, really disrupting the industry like it is. But I think that, you know, it'll become more broadly accepted as well and, and continue to dramatically change the way the industry works, just like we've seen over the last couple of years. 
that is what's going to fill the void. And the, and in my opinion, the reality is, is that, you know, that workforce tradesmen, you know, it's just not what it, it's not what it was in the past. And, and like you said, a lot of those guys are, you know, are shifting out, moving out. And if you don't have, you know, hands to put in there, you got to put something in there. And I think this, the technology we're seeing, that is the answer. I I think you're absolutely right. That that's going to be the answer. Yep. Absolutely. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you think that we're going to face as an industry? Uh, Anything besides what we've just talked about, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Honestly, I think, uh, I think, other than that, electric vehicles come to mind, but <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm, but no, I really do think, uh, I really do think that probably is the biggest though, is really just the, the tradesmen, the workforce. And, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone in, in our industry that's spent any time in the field or would, would, would disagree that, that, that workforce are tradesmen, uh, you know, but I really do think that that is going to be the struggle is, you know, like it or not, the upcoming generation is just simply not as likely to go get dirty. You know, I mean, it's just, no it's just the reality of it. Hard, so, yeah. Hard, dangerous work. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just the reality in my opinion. So I, I really do think that's a challenge. I mean, the, a, a significant challenge. And, and other than that, I think, you know, obviously a lot, lots of uncertainty, you know, just in the overall picture of, of, uh, markets and, and business in general. But, you know, I, in my opinion, those, those are significant, but I also think that, you know, in a lot of ways they're, they're bumps, you know, we're going to, we're going to overcome them. We're going to get, get back on track. And to me, we're already seeing that slightly, you know, very, very little at a time. But, uh, you know, I, I think just a lot of the uncertainties that are going on right now is, is definitely a challenge to some extent different yeah. for different people, different organizations. But yep. uh, but again, I think I think we will overcome them with 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 certainty. Yeah. You know, in the way that I look at that. Um, is that it's very real. We're living in unprecedented times in terms of a a global pandemic and the effect that it's been having, but there's always some crisis that's going on, right? Businesses are always having to deal with uncertainty and challenges and changes. So I think we'd lose that perspective that, you know, this is the, the fourth kind of major challenge in the last 15 years that I've gone through that we've had to deal with uncertainty and pivot. And I think that that's what businesses always have to do. And so for me, you know, my silver lining and all this is like, I look at it as like, look, you know, we come out of it stronger every single time. We're going to learn something new. This is part of just the way it works. So instead of being upset about it or complaining about it, or even wishing that it was different, you just have to embrace it and say, no, you know, we're going to always yeah, be dealing yeah. with these challenges. They're just going to be a new set of challenges. And we're going to just figure out how to be really good at dealing with those so that we come out of the out the other side stronger. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I'll kind of reference those as bumps because yeah. you're right. I mean, yeah, when 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 this smooths out, there'll be another one. Right. Totally. And, and like you said, we've had a few over the last several years. Yeah. And yeah, you really do just have to take them on and just just keep moving forward. Really, I mean that uh, to me that's it. It's you know sounds simple and it, it, but that really is the 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 best way to look at it is we just take them on and 
and I think you're right. You know, when you do that, and from a from a business perspective, when you when your people buy into that same mentality, then mm-hmm. you come out stronger. I, I would say there's absolute no doubt about that. Yeah. Because just like you said, we've done the same over these over the years with these different things, yeah, and we do we we come out stronger every single time. Yeah. And then the next one doesn't doesn't seem as scary, I guess you would say. You yep. know? So very good way to put just it. Part of it. Just deal yeah. with it. Yep. Well, simple is not the same as being easy. So uh, it certainly always isn't easy, but uh, but I do agree with you. You know, and you mentioned electric vehicles, and I think it's going to be the same thing there, right? It is going to dramatically change, um, you know, so many industries, but I don't think it has to be something that we're scared about. You know, it's just going to no. shift the business. And uh, I think companies that are doing innovative things, you know, especially in our world, right? Water jets can be used for so many things. And, you know, it's easy to get stuck to, to keep your world in refining and petrochemical because there's enough work there to be done for everybody. But the reality is, is that there's a ton of places that water just can be used and all kinds of innovative things that will happen. And, you know, it's not going, you know, disruption doesn't happen overnight, although it sometimes it seems like that because we get taken by surprise. But I think companies who are paying attention can be making those shifts where it's not like a, oh my gosh, we have to become a whole new business because electric vehicles are coming out. No, it just means our customer base is going to change and we have to be innovative in how we're going to serve those new customers. And it might look different than what it did. Being scared of the future, it never gets you anywhere, right? Um, Because it's going to happen anyway. So to me, it always makes sense to just say, okay, we're going to embrace it. We're going to figure out how to be the best company in that new future, knowing that it's going to look different because it's always looked different. Yeah, yeah that's true. No, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. Fully agree with that. It's just things change. There's no way around that, right? right. Things change and you have to change with them. So yeah, exactly. Thankfully, we're, thankfully we've been able to do that all these years. Yeah, you guys really have. You have. All right, I'll stop pontificating. So is there anything else that you'd like to share about Spearstar before we close? I would just say uh, more than anything, just just thanks to thanks to everyone all these years, right, for for trusting us more than anything, uh, you know, because we, we started as a, almost a no name uh, in Thankfully, we're we're a, a, a pretty significant name now in in this in this world. So, really, more than anything, I would say thanks for for the trust. Thanks for for of course for using our products. And I would also say that kind of backtracking a little, but you know when we talk about those innovations and uh, product development, you know a, a lot of that comes directly from our customer base over the years of saying, "Hey, you know, you used a perfect example of the of our hose type three six and the and the BN thirteen. You know, that hose would have never been developed. You know, if someone hadn't come to us and said, "Hey, we think we could use this. We think people can use this." So yeah. that's something that you know I'd like for people to know that there's certainly ways to to get that information to us, phone, email, website, you know, we're always interested in hearing what could be used, what could be better. Uh, and, and we really do take those things to heart. We don't, we don't dis- discard them, disregard them. Uh, we really do use them as a tool to, to, to better ourselves and ultimately better the, the industry as a whole. All right. So how can people find Spearstar and how can people find you? 
Yeah, the easiest way, of course, is, is the website. So spearstar.com. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn uh, and, and myself as well. My contact information is on the website and, and on LinkedIn as well. So th- those are probably the easiest ways. And and certainly, you know, by phone anytime, right? We're, we're easy to find. So more than willing to to speak with and try to help to help anyone in any way possible. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming on and sharing uh, a little bit of uh, the Spear Star story and your philosophy. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Yeah, thank you, Carrie. It was fun. I really, really appreciate the time. Absolutely. All right, everyone, hang tight and I'll be right back. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I wish you could have stayed on for the the post-show talk that Jerry and I had. We laughed and laughed as we talked about uh, raising kids and, and sports analogies and uh, all kinds of fun things. He's such a great guy. If you haven't met him and you get a chance to meet him at a, at a trade show, whenever trade shows happen again, please definitely look him up. He is definitely worth knowing. All right. That's it for today. We'll see you next month on Industrial Theory.